0: Good morning. I just came back from Tahoe yesterday. It's snowing. It's beautiful up there. My my kids are taking lessons every day. They can ski better than I can. It was it was pretty awesome. Uh, I wasn't skiing though. I was I was in the house working on this message, um, loving you guys, thinking about you guys, and just kind of excited about our time. Last week, we had a speaker come, Dr. Wong, and one of his points was that uh, there's a real value for reflection. You all remember the message. It was, it was last week. Great message. So I, I was busy doing some reflection for 2015, just kind of thinking, what are some of the themes that emerged and, and as a pastor, there was a very clear theme for 2015 that emerged. And the word was, was clarity. For me, 2015 was a year of, of clarity. Like, I think I understand why I'm here. Like, I think I understand why God put me as a pastor of Christian layman church and where our church needs to go and what, what, what God's busy doing. And so I, I feel like I see that with a lot greater clarity than I did a year ago and and certainly way more clarity than five years ago. But I, I think that the, the biggest penny that dropped as I was reflecting is something I'm calling our church's greatest problem. And I, I think I can describe it in seven words. Like, this would be, you know, after being a pastor in our church for about, about ten years, I... I I think I see it more clearly now. Like, I, would, I think this is has got to be our church's greatest problem. And so I thought, like, since we're anchored to New Year's, I thought I'd just come right out and let you know what it is. Now, before I do that, let me, let me explain. Um, some people may not be too crazy about me even addressing the message as our church's greatest problem and just speaking so directly about it I mean, like, imagine a couple inviting guests over for dinner, and then during dinner, they're talking about their marital problems, okay? It's like, why are you doing this? Now, I realize that by talking about our church's greatest problem, being very open about it, that we kind of lose face. You know, maybe there's some guests here, and they're like, really? Uh," You know, like that. But I also realize that if we are very direct, about our greatest problem and we really rally around the solution together that there is so much promise for change in just about every area of life. That if we really focus on improving in this problem that there is hope for change in just about every area of life, as a community, as individuals. And so I think there's a lot riding, I guess, on this message, or the concept of this message. So you're like, okay, out with it already. What do you believe is our church's greatest problem? Now, I feel that our church's greatest problem is this. We don't know how to enjoy God. Now, I want you to think about that. Would you say that's true? I mean, you don't have to nod, although I already saw someone nodding. Would you say that's true? That fundamentally, our greatest problem as a church is that we don't know how to enjoy God. And if we did know and there was a lot more enjoyment, don't you see how that would impact every area of life? It would, right? It holds promise for area aspect of life. Now, now let's think about this. Is that true? We don't know how to enjoy God. Well, I can see it in two areas. There's probably more than two areas, but we're going to take a look at two areas where this kind of shows itself. One would be, and I know this is not very Asian, this is very direct. One would be like here on Sunday morning. There's probably a lot of us who come to church and we come to church because that's what good Christians do. They go to church. And so to fulfill my duty as a good Christian, I will show up. And the goal of showing up is just showing up. I'm here. You know, I'm here like two of the four Sundays the month. I'm here, right? I'm here. And I would submit to you that just being here, but not being inspired by God, doesn't really glorify God. It it doesn't. It's like going on a date with someone and being very uninspired, very unengaged. It doesn't glorify the other person. But if you're here and you're hungry and you find God awesome and dazzling and you want more of him and you come out of here like, that had to be the best time of my week, that is glorifying God, right? Now, in 2016, I propose that by the power of God, we change this. We fix this. By the grace of God, we fix this. And I've been talking to our um, Sunday leaders, you know, about this same goal. And it's very doable by the power of God. Now, here would be another place where we we see this, we see this like, joylessness or this not, not enjoying God, I would say your personal devotions. Now, you don't need to raise your hands, but how many of you would say that you have awesome personal devotions with God? That you come out of that time and you just went, I had the, that was like the best part of my whole day, just spending time with God. Now, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you say, yeah, that's totally me. That totally describes me. Or how many of you say that totally does not describe me, you know? Uh, I I was having a conversation with a a housewife of two, very, very busy little kids, but she still makes time for personal devotions. And she also confessed to me, we were having this conversation, she said, you know, honestly, my devotional times with God are drudgery. I, I do them, but I don't enjoy them. It's just drudgery. Now, how many of you would say, ah, that kind of describes me? And again, you don't have to raise your hand. Now, can, can we just think about this? Like, let's think about this, because I, I think if we think about this for a little bit, we would all agree that that's, like, really messed up, you know? Like, we're spending time with the king of the universe who has granted us an audience, you know, a a personal time of connecting with him. This is the most radiant person in the universe, and we're walking away from that time going, oh, it was boring, it's drudgery. There's something not right about that. I mean, isn't God the source of life? So it would make sense that if I go to him, I would get life. And you're like, I'm not getting life. Something is wrong here. Now, I proposed in 2016... Let's change this. It might take more than a year. Well, it's worth the fight. Let's change this. It's not supposed to be that way. He's given us resources to change it. Let's just go for it. Let's not settle for a lukewarm, boring faith. No one is inspired by that. We're not inspired by that, and it shouldn't be that way. You guys with me? Let's change this. Let's change this. We have resources that change this. Let's make this our number one goal in 2016. Now, let me just share a story. Uh, this happened a week ago. It was New Year's Eve. We were celebrating the coming of the new year with a, couple different, with a couple couples. And we were there at the table. We all had glasses of champagne. We'd turn on the TV, and we did the countdown together. Ten, nine, eight. All the way to one. And while I was in, Happy New Year, and then we all clink glasses, clink, 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 clink. And then there was a couple right there sitting next to me, and the husband just felt something, and he spontaneously just kissed his wife. Now, I was thinking of doing that. I wanted to do that. But, you know, I don't know, I just, I'm just i not a big PDA guy, I didn't want to gross people out around the table. So, I, you know, I was holding back, I was holding, I was holding back, like, I want to kiss her, but no one else is kissing, okay, that's really what I, where I was. But anyway, this, this guy kissed his wife, and I'm like, okay, well, we're doing this, and so I leaned over and I kissed my wife. And now the third guy leaned over to kiss his wife, but before he did so, he said, here comes the obligatory kiss. Oh, no, no, no! He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy, and I'm sure a lot of times spontaneously he just he's just kissing his wife all the time. I'm sure that happens, or maybe it doesn't, but it will happen soon, right? <laughs> now let me just ask you: in this whole interaction, which spouse was most honored? No, me, because I got to kiss the reina. No, the first, the first spouse who was kissed was most honored. Why? Because it came from. It came from the heart. It came from the heart. Actually, it's tradition. Maybe you're just going there. No, it came from the heart. So if you are here, or even in your personal devotion, and you're having a great time with God, and it's coming from the heart, you're enjoying Him, that glorifies God. Anything less does not glorify Him. And our first duty, if you will, is to find joy in Him, is to find Him ravishing. And that's missing. Something's wrong. Let's fix it. Let's fix this. It is fixable by the resources of God. Remember Bob the Builder? We can fix this. We can fix this. And you guys go, Yes, we can. That's good. Let's that's that, that's, that's do a little bit of call and response. We can fix this. I'll come louder. Come on with your heart. Come on. We can fix this. Yes, we can. We can. So how? Okay, so how? Now, well, for the last two days, I've been working on this, okay? Like just working on the articulation of how. So let's... Um, and you guys can, can take notes, if you like, on your note space. Okay. How... Do we enjoy God? All right. This is my proposal for us for 2016. How do we enjoy God? I would say the first place to start is this. Ask. That's the first place you start. In Luke 11, Jesus says, ask and you will what? Receive. Seek and you will what? Find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Now, if you look at that verb ask, it's not the kind of, you know, Greek verb ask. It's not the kind, it's not written like one time asking. All you have to do is ask one time and it magically happens. No, no, no. If you look at the verb It's repeatedly asking. It's asking on a regular basis. So when you ask for more enjoyment of God, you don't ask just one time, but you ask every day. Ask it today, and then tomorrow, maybe you're having a personal devotion in the middle of that devotion, ask it again and then on Tuesday, ask it again, maybe twice on Tuesday. But you're going to ask God for this every day because you're hungry. And if you're not hungry, then you're asking for hunger. Okay? It all starts with God. Now, now in Luke 11, if you follow the progression of the parable, how does it end? In verse 13, Jesus says, If you then, you parents, are evil. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa you have an evil sin nature. If you are evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, my father-in-law gave me an iPhone, iPhone 6S. Yeah. He's a good man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's a good gift. If you, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father will give you what? Good gifts. No, that's not what Jesus says. What does he say? How much more will your heavenly father give you? Give you what? The Holy Spirit. You're like, what? I'm looking at this whole parable. There's no mention of the Holy Spirit. Why does Jesus just kind of slip that in? Well, it's the greatest thing that God could give you. And the greatest thing that you can ask for is more enjoyment of God. If you are asking for more enjoyment of God, God responds by giving you the Holy Spirit. Okay, now you're going to see this more as we flesh this out. But here's the principle. Why do we need to ask? The fundamental principle for why we need to ask is this. It takes God for us to enjoy God. It takes God's help for us to enjoy God. That's why we have to come from this place of asking And you know, he knows how to give good gifts. He's going to give us the Holy Spirit. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we enjoy God. But let's keep on going. Now, if you were to ask three of my favorite authors, how do you enjoy God? What's the secret? What's the mechanism? What's the technique? What's the resource? They would all say the same thing. They would all say the same thing. They would all say it's through the Bible. It's through the Bible. It's through the Bible. So, Dallas Willard said this. He said, now this is this is the guy who wrote the book on spiritual disciplines. And he said, if I had to choose one of the disciplines for the spiritual life, it would be Bible memorization. That's what he said. If I had to choose one, choose between them, choose one, I would choose Bible memorization. And then he also said it is absolutely fundamental towards spiritual formation. He also said that it is a fundamental way of filling the mind with what it needs. Let me ask you guys a question. What are you filling your minds with? Bible memorization. Because, you know, whether we recognize it or not, we are filling our minds with stuff all day long. I'm going to make this person Asian with the squinty eyes. Okay. We are filling it with media. We are filling it with Star Wars. We are filling it with worry. We're filling it with all sorts of stuff. But the mind desperately needs one thing. It needs God's word. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, your mind is renewed. And when your mind is renewed, you start to enjoy God. Because otherwise, it's naturally impossible to enjoy God. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the word that's in your mind, you are renewing your mind and enjoying God with your mind. Now, I would say this. I just came back from a vacation to Hong Kong, normally when I go on vacation, it's pretty much the same thing. Like I normally tend to spiritually drift. Now, I don't know why that is, but I think part of it is because like when I'm here, I have a, a certain rhythm. And when I'm here, I I, 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 feel, I feel in need like pretty often. And So I'm coming to God saying, God, I can't do this. I need help. And I, there's mission here. But in Hong Kong, I don't know if you guys have been to Hong Kong. I don't know what the mission is. I think the mission is eat good food and go shopping, right? You guys have been to Hong Kong. That's, that's what you do. Eat good food and shopping. And then the next day you eat more good food and you go shopping some more. And then, you know, that's just what you do in Hong Kong. And so sometimes I feel like I don't really need God for that. I spiritually drift. That's just what happens to me. This vacation has been really different. And it's been really different because I've been memorizing scripture. I've realized, actually, this is really powerful. It's really powerful in filling the mind with what it needs. And so when I was walking the streets of Hong Kong, I was taking the scripture with me. Really, really powerful Bible memorization. Now, let's keep going. What about the heart? What about the heart? How does the heart enjoy God? Have you guys uh, heard of the man named George Mueller? George Mueller, he lived in the 1800s. He was a missionary from Germany to England, and he was an amazing man of God. At one time, he was in charge of over 1,000 orphans in England, over 1,000 orphans. But this was a man who would lean upon God in prayer, and God provided all the needs of the orphans, all the needs of the orphanages. He was just amazing, amazing man, miracles, miracles, so many miracles in his life. Now, there was one time he was talking to younger people and he basically said that when he first became a Christian, he would endeavor to pray. And his mind would just wander from one thing to the next, grocery list, this conversation here. His mind would just wander for 10, 30 minutes and he was always trying to focus back but then the mind would wander. At this point, let me just stop and ask you, anyone have that problem too? You're having a time with God and your mind is wandering. You're thinking about other things. You're not thinking about God. You're not thinking about what you're reading and your mind is wandering. That's it. He said, George Mueller said, that was me. But there was one thing that he discovered that radically transformed his spiritual life. And that was Bible. All these guys are going back to the Bible. It was Bible meditation. George Mueller would say, Bible meditation is the thing that transformed his spiritual life. So what he would do is he would meditate on a verse and he would read it slowly and digest it slowly. And he would be trying to pull whatever is of benefit to his soul. And he even said later on, he said that my number one priority when I wake up was to make my soul happy. In God's Word. He said, that's my priority. Number one, to make my soul happy. What does that sound like? Enjoying God. My number one priority was to make my soul happy. And he was using meditation on God's Word. He would ask questions. He would wonder why each word is there. He would paraphrase it. He would say, how does this apply to my life? And then he would turn it into a prayer. That's why I have prayer right here. He would turn that verse into a prayer. And that prayer would just kind of direct him for the whole day. Tim Keller basically said the same thing. He wrote a book on prayer. He had at least more than one chapter on meditation. Meditating on the word of God. And he said this. He said meditation is basically taking the truth of God into your heart where it catches fire. And here is, the, here is the heart that's enjoying God, it's catching fire, it's enjoying God, here is the mind that's enjoying God, and we're asking the question, how do we enjoy God? And I'm giving you, I think, two really good tools, Bible memorization and Bible meditation. Now, listen, I, I'm not being really rigid about this, you know. When we get together and do home group and do Bible study, it's actually a form of memorization. And when we, if we get together here or in our, our prayer closet and we're singing songs of worship, that actually is a form of meditation. But the better, the, the best way to do it is actually go straight to the source and to go straight to the scripture. Now, the Holy Spirit will take what's in the mind and renew the mind. The Holy Spirit will take what's in the heart through meditation and then you will catch fire in your heart for God's word, for God himself. Now, what's the relationship between these two, memorization and meditation? Well, memorization makes the meditation mobile. That means you can go anywhere, and that place can be a sanctuary because you've brought the Word of God in your heart. I've hidden God's Word in my heart. Now, meditation makes the memorization sweet and satisfying. I mean, this without this, but this with this makes it sweet and satisfying and so the two go together the two go together now um i think at this point it's like okay enough talk let's actually do it let's actually do it i think the best way that we can learn on this sunday that's very close to new year's and we're making new resolutions is instead of just talking about let's actually do it okay so right now we're kind of in the third fourth quarter uh, I need you guys to, there's a phrase in Chinese called jia yu, am I right, Mr. Huang? Which means add a little fuel. So, so right now, if you need to stand up, why don't you stand up? And just kind of get the blood flowing. You need as much blood to the brain in this. Uh, and we're going to make this a community thing we're doing, so we're going to make it fun. We're going to do some new things. If you guys would just stand up and get the blood flowing, that'd be great. You want to stretch, go ahead and stretch. Sometimes when I'm in the, like, like the car and I, I want to be more alert, I actually slap myself. So if you want to just slap yourself or the person next to you, just go ahead and slap them. It's give me be nice. Just slap them. Uh, and whatever works to just wake up, because I think right now it's going to be true learning because we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Okay? Now, I was talking to Peter, and he was saying, hey, if we're going to do this, pick a verse that's really going to count for the community. I'm praying, Lord, give me a verse that's really going to count for this community. Where we need to go, the direction we're heading, 2016. <clears throat> The verse that really had the most resonance is this. It's Psalm 73, verse 25. In fact, if there is a verse that you want to carry with you for the next few months, oh, man, this verse is pretty powerful. Now, these are what we do when it comes to Bible memorization. At this point, you can do whatever is best for you in terms of um, stimulating your mind. So if you want to sit, go ahead and sit. If you want to stand, go ahead and stand. If you want to do jumping jacks, don't do them. Okay, okay. Um, So here it is. Now, what we're going to do first when it comes to Bible memorization is we're going to read it out loud and we're going to read it out loud together. And then with your mind's eye, you're going to photograph each word. Okay, you guys got your your uh, the, uh, the, the photo, the camera in your eye ready. Okay, let's let's read this together out loud. Whom. Have I in heaven, but you. And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Okay, now now just look at that one more time and just photograph it with your mind's eye. I'm going to read it again together. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Is it necessary to say this out loud? I think so like I be in my prayer closet I will actually say this out loud why because you remember better that way you're looking at it you're talking it out there's 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 a lot of senses that are going on and uh, the combination of those senses makes it more memorable now let me also point out um, if you look at the word pattern like you do a word count it's 711 711 the place for the place of slurpees right so you know that's 7 in the first line and then it's 11 in the next line. Let's read it out loud one more time. You can actually do a word count with your fingers. And you'll see that it's 7 11. But try to really uh, photograph that. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Okay, you guys can go ahead and take a seat. Now, let's make this fun. What you want to do right now is if you have a Bible or an iPhone, you want to close it. And we, if we can make that, uh, that page go blank. What I want is a volunteer for someone who can recite it by memory. The 7-Eleven, I think, will really help you guys, okay? Someone here who can do this by memory. Come on. And if you don't want to volunteer because you're humble, have someone nominate you. Go ahead. Let's do it. Come on. Who? Oh, okay, let's pick on Jordan next, but I want to pick on my mother first. No, my mom says no. She (laughs) waved me off. She's like, no, no, never coming to your church again. No. You want to do it, mom? Okay, not not today. We'll do it later on on the phone. Okay, how about Jordan Kong? Okay. Okay, he wasn't paying attention. No, you read that three times out loud. Are you sure? Okay, then I need someone else. Come on, nominate someone. Come on, guys. Come on. Okay. Pastor Calvin has been nominated. Calvin, would you would you represent? And every time it gets repeated, you get another opportunity to actually get it in there. Calvin, would you stand up and give us 7 and 11? This is Psalm 73:25. Go for it. Whom have I in heaven? Right. Okay, that was wrong. There you go. That was wrong. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Let um, me help you. Let me help you. Let's do it again. So the seven is, Whom have I in heaven but you? And then the second one, which is the verses, and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Great. Oh, did I mess up on that? And there is nothing... On earth that I desire besides you, I changed it just now to make it right. <laughs> Quest, could you would you rise? I, I'm I'm going to put five bucks on Quest right now that he can get it. Five bucks on Quest. Who's willing to bet me? Actually. Okay, go for it, Quest. I'm taking out my money because I'm so confident. Yes, and. That I desire on earth besides you. Close enough. Not five dollars, but I'm going to give them two. How's that? You get two, man. No, actually, you get one because that's all I had in my wallet. Okay, okay. So we're getting this. This is Bible memorization. Okay. Now, I want you to imagine you got the 7-Eleven in your mind. Okay? That's the first place it starts. And then you get in your car and you're driving to work. Guess what that car can become? It can become a sanctuary. It can become a temple. Why? Because you have hidden the word of God in your heart and in your mind. Any place you go could be a sanctuary, a place of devotion to God. You can go to the grocery store. You can be watching your kid playing a game. You could be at school in class and it could be redeemable time anywhere. If you have, and you filled your mind with God's word, right? You see the power of that. It's staying with you. How many of you guys have read the Bible in the morning and for the rest of the day, you have forgotten what you read? Come on, that happens to me like all the time. This will not disappear. Why? Because it's in here and you're thinking about it. And there's a lot of things in the world that are competing for your mind's attention. But you, you, because you want to enjoy God, you are intentionally putting in the scripture so you can enjoy God with your mind and your mind can be renewed. Now, let's take it a step further. Let's go meditation and prayer. Now, we're, we're getting interactive here, so let's, let's continue to be interactive. Uh, I want you guys to think about some different words. That's what you do when you meditate. You think about why is each word there? Why is each word there? There, there is a word heaven. What's the impact of that word on the rest of the verse? There's a the word earth. There is the word nothing. Wow, nothing. There is nothing on earth I desire nothing there are so many good things on earth to desire we can desire teslas we can desire we can desire iphones we can desire beautiful people we can desire achievement and success and a bigger there's a lot of things good things really there's nothing on earth that's a big word nothing huh big word imagine fixing your mind on that word why is that word nothing there wow that adds so much to that and then another form of meditation is you can actually paraphrase. Now, this is where I need volunteers. How would you paraphrase that verse, especially the second part? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. How would you paraphrase that? So, Someone help me. Pam, Sharon, how do you guys paraphrase that? God, nothing on earth is better than you. I only want God. Christian, help me out. God, if I have you, I have everything. That's what the verse is saying. If I don't have you, I have nothing at all. It's powerful to paraphrase, huh? You're making it your own. You're owning it. Tim Keller was talking about that process of taking the word down here where it catches fire, right? And then imagine asking the question, I wonder what this, what this guy, like, what would make a person say this? there's nothing on earth that I desire. If only I can have you. And then you start asking questions like, am I like this? And then you start to think, you know something, actually, I want a whole bunch of things on earth even more than you. And then it leads you to repentance. You're like, God, make me like that psalmist who wrote those words. Break my heart. So the only thing it wants is you. And you're starting to turn that verse into prayer. You see the power of that. Do you see the power of that? And that's what George Mueller would do. He would take the scripture and he would turn it into prayer and he would pray that prayer throughout the whole day. Do you see, I'm trying to give you like my best tools in terms of enjoying God. And, and here's the thing. If you are not enjoying God and we agree that that's a problem, Could I submit to you that there's probably a breakdown in one of these three things? Number one, we're not asking God, like every day asking. But if we did ask, God would give us his Holy Spirit. Or we don't have the the, the Bible in here. We're thinking about all these other things, but the scripture is not coming alive in a room or or it's here. This is the missing link. Or maybe it's the meditation. I'm in Bible study, but am I taking those words and just cherishing them with my heart and then turning them into a prayer where it catches fire in my life and my soul? There's probably a breakdown in one of these three places. Where is the breakdown for you? Is there a breakdown? And then where is the breakdown for you? And how about in 2016, by the power of God's Spirit, who actually makes the the Scripture come alive in the mind and the heart, how about in 2016, we change that? Because this is definitely changeable. This is definitely doable by the power of God's Spirit. Let me say one one thing lastly. I I think there's certain people here, and we, we we tend to think like there are some people who enjoy God, and there's some people who don't and i just happen to be one of the people who don't now let me submit this to you i disagree with that if you don't have it's probably cuz you're not asking if you ask every day if you fill your mind with scripture if you meditate on that scripture i am so certain it's going to things things will change but you got to ask it's doable we can fix this and God shouting to us, yes, we can, right? We can fix this. In 2016 and beyond, I really believe this is our greatest problem. And let's marshal our resources to fixing this issue because it holds promise and power in just about every area of life. And there's hope. You just imagine God saying, yes, we can fix this. We can do this. We can do this. Let's, uh, let's rise, and, and uh, I'll close the message time in prayer. Lord, in 2016 and beyond, we want to be people who enjoy you. It's our most sacred calling, and please forgive us for the ways that we find the world more enjoyable than you. Please forgive us, Lord. Please forgive us so we can become so addicted to the gifts of the world, and we can just... Give you peanuts. Lord, I pray that in 2016 and beyond, your word and your person would just would just romance us, that we would become different people, that we would become people who are infatuated with your word and your glory, who are just so in love with you. I know that this is possible through the power of your spirit. In the power of your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.